Well, hey guys. Uh, welcome to another episode of Our Drunken History. We're glad you're joining us here on this episode. We got a good episode planned, I think, this this week. Wife's still out of town, so we're in the living room. Yeah, Not in the comfort of the living room tonight. <laughs> in the air conditioning. Yeah, it's lovely. Uh, tonight is going to be a fun one. This is one we've been looking forward to. Yeah, it could get interesting. I think. Uh, kind of takes in the two two things that uh, Americans really enjoy, and I guess really you know some people. You know, all over the world they, as well. But they tend to be regional things in the states, though. True, true. Hey, buddy. Uh, you know, one of the one of the big sports for a long time, and it's still pretty popular, is none other than NASCAR. And I know some people have their apprehension to it. They say they can't turn left. They only turn. They only turn. They left. only turn left. Only turn left. But uh. But you know, NASCAR had its uh, its roots in some uh, in the seedy underworld of American history. Moonshine running. Moonshine running. And for the special moonshine and NASCAR episode, we locally sourced some <laughs> genuine from the hills, White Lightning, Mountain yeah. Dew, uh, moonshine. That's not from the liquor store, folks. That's. And Straight from the still. And that stuff is scary. We haven't tried it yet. We smelled it, and I think we, it fucked us up. It singed my nose hairs when I smelled it. It is rough. Uh, so, yeah, that is definitely uh, some hot stuff right there. And Yeah, I'm, that's the one part I'm not looking forward to is, <laughs> is tasting that. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is the only time in my life I'm ever going to drink real legitimate moonshine yeah we had uh back a while back we did the episode and we had some of that factory moonshine that had the pickled yeah. pickles in it which actually was really good it was lovely yeah but you know that's not real moonshine it's yeah and, and it's probably for the best though too because moonshine has some uh some uh parts of history where you know people got sick people got went blind people go blind poisons yeah. and stuff from uh for people not doing it correctly People, uh, so this could be our last episode. Yeah, you never know. I'm not gonna. Hopefully, we don't drink enough of it to really make a difference. Because I'm not planning on it. So, my uh, when my grandma was alive, have I, have I ever told you about the Hooterites? I think I've heard a little bit, but go ahead if anybody hasn't heard about. So, us, that's in I, I, I'm not sure which all states. I believe it's uh, Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. And then uh, in the provinces of Saskatchewan, Alberta, and I believe Manitoba, there are this uh, group, a sect, I guess I'll call them, of people called the Hutter, the Hutterites, I think is how they prefer to, to call it. Okay. Uh, they is it are like, like Mennonites or, or Amish? Similar, but different. Okay. They're their own thing. They're not related to either one of those. They, uh, they did come across from Germany following their prophet, uh, I believe his name was John Hutter. Okay. If I remember, I read this a long time okay. ago. But anyway. Uh, I guess that's how you get Hutterites. Yeah, and they call, everybody calls them the Hoots. The Hoots, uh, they, I don't give a hoot. <laughs> yeah, they, they live on like uh, colonies that are, I, if memory serves correctly, they're uh, communal property. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, uh, uh, colonies. Like commune I, I, yeah but they're not like hippies running through the forest or anything like they they uh like a cult yeah, yeah not, not as <laughs> ish. They, those dudes work their ass off. those are some hard farming motherfuckers yeah they they uh the one thing that's different about them and amish is they actually do embrace some of technology okay like they have ipads okay but yeah. like that's not your pad your ipad it's not my ipad it's our ipad oh uh, okay uh like they still they do, you know, own vehicles and stuff, and like yeah. they, uh, they, they don't like, you know, build everything. But I mean, I think they build most of their stuff by hand. There were there were some of them, and it may be the same type, of same people we're talking about that that they would embrace technology up to a point where they could only use it for work. Like they couldn't use it for personal pleasure or personal gain. It had to be like for, you know, they were using a tractor to farm or that. No, that or may be like, that. like yeah. I don't, I don't. I mean, I've spoken to them. I can't say yeah. that like I know any like on a first name basis. But anyway, the whole point of this roundabout deal is, <laughs> uh, my grandma used to barter with them. 
Oh, okay. And she would she would trade them stuff, and she would get things like eggs and milk and like you know farm fresh products, like really yeah. good stuff. But one thing they would make is dandelion wine. Oh, okay. And uh, it's not like moonshine, but it is. Oh yeah, it's its own like a homemade yeah homemade wine or or because I've heard of like rose wine and I have heard of dandelion wine though it, too. It's well they and they made other yeah you know they made apple wine and shit too, but the the dandelion wine was my favorite. <laughs> and my, my grandma used to get me a bottle whenever I would go home and I would leave it in my golf bag. Oh nice! I, I used to play golf at this place in Vegas called Silverstone, and it has since closed. Uh, but I was a member there, and we you, you just would leave your clubs there. They took care of everything yeah. for you. And I would leave a bottle in my bag, and I told all the workers, if you want a nip, you go ahead and have some. Oh, yeah. And when, when that place closed its doors, and they sent out the email saying, you know, come get your, your golf bags. When I picked up my golf bag, that fucker was like 50 pounds heavier than it used uh-huh. to be. Those guys all put bottles of Jack in it for me because oh, I'd nice. been giving them that dandelion wine nice. over the years. Yeah, like dandelions, a lot of people don't realize they're edible. You can eat the leaves, you can eat the flowers. Uh, it's like, yeah, it's like cattail. Every part of it's edible. And like you know, you think of a dandelion, you think of the little the puff ball at the top. But mm-hmm. if you smell of the flower, while well, it's still a flower and it's bright yellow, it smells really sweet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, they'll crush those flowers up and make wine out of yep. them. I guess it's pretty damn good. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. The the homemade hooch. It was yeah. That's another was, name. Hooch is another name for yeah, moonshine. Yeah. Uh, so moonshine. Do you know the? Have you ever seen people shake the bottle? Yeah. With the jar. Yeah. So yeah, you, you grab it and you you turn it sideways and you you give it a shake. So if you're if you're if you have bubbles that disappear really quick. Yeah. Like this one did. <laughs> it means it's a really high alcohol content. Really high proof, yeah. And if yeah, yeah, proof. So yeah, there's there's two different ways that, that we measure alcohol. It's it's proof and ABV. Yeah. And basically ABV is half of proof. Yeah. Proof is a in historically proof was fifty-four point seven one percent alcohol. Yeah, because I think it was like at the point where you could actually light it on fire or something like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember the whole the whole deal, but that's what it used to be. But yeah. the U.S. when we started regulating alcohol, decided fifty percent was proof. So a hundred proof is fifty percent alcohol by volume. Uh, now I, don't, I would have to read up on this, and I didn't really have a chance to. But most moonshine is like right at a hundred proof. Yeah, and that's, or more. That's, yeah. Well, mo- most is like store bought stuff. Yeah. Is it? Uh, Earth. Yeah, 100 proof. And that is where it's 50% alcohol, 50% water, yeah. basically. Yeah. So at that point is when the bubbles change. Yeah. So like if it's if it's below that you'll get smaller bubbles that tend to linger and above that you get larger bubbles yeah. that tend to disappear quickly because the uh, alcohol is less dense than the water. Yeah. So the the error is not fighting the that's right through the liquid. Well, and that's why a lot of times Science. too they, the uh, so as you can see, I'm gonna shake that up and let it go, and those bubbles disappear right now. Which means <laughs> this has a pretty high alcohol content. Oh yeah. Well, and another, another reason why they would uh, make the alcohol content so high though too is uh, it was less volume, so they could transport more of it at a time, uh-huh. and then leave it up to the end user to mix it because you'd have people mix it with. Juice or fruit or what? Because that's why you have some of the moonshines that you can buy. The now. apple pie, and yeah. the cherry, and the pickle. Yeah, the pickles because <laughs> they would they would stick fruit and stuff in the jars to kind of kind of tone it down a little bit before they drink it. I wish we had some fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I think shit needs toned down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know you can trace like the moonshine all the way back to colonial times, which yeah, actually even before that. But colonial times in the U.S., you know, you had. Uh, Moonshiners, or they just called it, you know, uh, distillers back then. Yeah, and that was a form of currency. You'd pay for, you'd barter and trade, like you're talking about with with your homemade whiskey. Yeah, and uh, then uh, you had it's another instance happened that we want, I want to do an episode on too. You had uh, in the late 1700s after the revolution, they uh, the U.S. government. I think it was George Washington imposed a, a tax on whiskey, and 
Hmm. Pissed a bunch of people off. I bet it, I bet it does. Kind of hypocritical. We went to war over taxes, yeah. and then all of a sudden we start this new tax on whiskey to help. You know, it was to help pay for the war, to help pay for that debt back. Funny. We went to war because people were taxing our tea. Yeah. And now you're paying like forty fucking percent in taxes. Why? We don't know. Yeah, the, the, the Boston Tea Party is over like a one and a half percent tax on yeah. tea or something like that. Yeah. Now we're paying. No, you're just getting your ass whooped and nobody cares. I saw a really good meme. It was like a it was a picture of like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson and stuff. But they all had like American flag bandanas on and they were like standing there all cross armed and like, if we was a charge still we'd be stacking bodies by now. <laughs> I mean I I don't doubt it. <laughs> but yeah, those uh they took their taxes serious, which I think more Americans would do that again nowadays though too. Because yeah, whatever comes up, whatever well, middle levies and shit they put out, I'm voting no. And we'll and we'll get on we'll get on this when we do the episode on it because we can go in more depth on it. But the long story short, they put this tax on whiskey, and the whiskey distillers and American citizens revolted pretty much. And George Washington had to call up the military to put down another rebellion against whiskey taxes. Huh. It was the whiskey the rebellion. whiskey rebellion. Yep. yep. So well, we can we can talk about that. You know, in another episode, yeah, because yeah. it, it's actually there's a lot of that lot I, went I, into it. I know I like whiskey. We'll be okay on that one. Yeah, I don't know if I like this shit. <laughs> but that's so moonshine, named moonshine because it was mostly made at night. Yeah, and because of the the revenues and the tax collectors that were coming out for the whiskey, yeah, people took to the hills. Yep, and they started making it at night. Yeah, uh, if you guys haven't seen, uh, what was the name of the movie? Uh. Which one? About moonshine making. Had Shia LaBeouf in it. Oh. Um, Lawless. If you yeah, guys Lawless. haven't seen Lawless, that's a really good movie yeah. about moonshine. About how yeah, moonshine how it got started. Well, and then, you know, we was talking about uh, the episode we did on uh, the St. Valentine's Day Massacre and the uh, the gangsters of Chicago and New York and stuff. A lot of that was orchestrated around moonshine yeah. and uh, illegal liquor trade then in, yeah. the, in, the, in the 20th century. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the the whole thing of trying to avoid the government and avoid taxes is how moonshine kind of got its name. But moonshine in itself is essentially raw whiskey. Yeah, it's it's because that's why it's clear. So it's because it hasn't been aged in barrels. Aged whiskey turns brown because of the color of the barrels. So yeah, Jack Daniels starts off looking just like this out of this mason jar before they put I, it. In those. I believe they released a clear version of it. Yeah, I think it's just like they're unaged, or I don't even yeah. know what they call it. Yeah, but they, I, th I thought they had released one that was just the yeah. unaged, yeah. But, uh, so normal Jack, I think, is seven years. I think it's seven years. I think that's why they call it number seven or something. Yeah, like and then, uh, uh, like, the the gentleman, I think, is 12. Yeah. Well, if you look at even, and it's not even just whiskey, though, too. Uh, tequila. Like a, uh, it's agave moonshine. Well, yeah, well, right. and the, the like the silver tequilas are, are unaged. Yeah. But your the anejo type tequilas, I think they call it, the ones that have the yellow and, yeah. and amber tint to them, are aged in uh in different forms. But yeah, so that adds more flavor and stuff to it. But yeah, so it's just straight whiskey right out of the still. Which is weird because I actually I'm not the tequila guy, but if I am drinking tequila, I prefer clear tequila. Yeah. Yeah, I like the, I like the the. Like silver Patron white Patron silver. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Cabo Wabo. I've had that. Uh, that's Sammy Hagar's. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've got another episode on tequila coming up that we're planning on doing. On the... He's doing that solo. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, they, they say the Aztecs are the ones that invented tequila, so we'll have to do an episode on the Aztecs and tequila. Yeah. Make sure you leave a comment if you want us to do that episode. <laughs> a few people voted on it a while back when we did a poll and we haven't got to it yeah yet. we'll get to it we will uh, until the next time my wife goes out of town yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so you know there was uh, the original you know we was talking about the whiskey rebellion before a lot of those guys was making a proper whiskey out of barley or, or rye they're using grains uh, but then you know it evolved into uh, in the south when they started making it Make it out of corn, corn whiskey. Yeah. Um, Mash. And that's how that's and that's how uh, some of the stuff like with Jack Daniels and different yep. things got started. And then uh, and then when just plain sugar became more prevalent, they just started just making it out of straight sugar, 
sugar, water, and yeast, and it was just sugar liquor. Yep. That's how the, I think White Lightning is how they uh, the original name for it came about. It was really? I thought I thought it was called White Lightning because you went blind and all you saw was white. Well, that too though the uh, because it has a methanol. One of the products, all this, there's there's a couple different types of alcohol that's getting yeah. made in the process. And methanol will kill you. And it'll make you go blind and it'll kill you. Yeah, uh, methanol is the big danger with moonshine. But let's get something straight too, though. Moonshine is not illegal because it's not regulated alcohol. That has nothing to do with it. It's because it's not taxable. Yeah. And it's not, that, people don't get permits and they don't pay taxes on it. That's why it's It's illegal. exactly, and then that's the thing. It's like the whole thing with, uh, uh, what's the gangster shit? Capone. Uh, Capone. They didn't get him on murder or, or racketeering or any other they shit. Got they, they got him on taxes. They got him on taxes. Yep. And that's the same thing. The, the government doesn't want you to have moonshine because they haven't got their cut off of it. That's exactly the truth. And if, and if you want to, like in Arkansas, it's like you can, in Arkansas, you can make homemade beer. You can make homemade wine for personal use. You're not allowed to make homemade whiskey. Yep. You got to get a distiller's permit. It's like $2,000 a year for a permit. Is it really? It's, it's expensive. I didn't know it was that much. Because the, the government wants their cut. And then, there's, then they want you to pay a tax on the, by volume of how much you produce every, every year, too. Hmm. I wonder uh, how much they'd tax us for that a little bit. Well, we didn't produce it. so well, we that's, like it. that's true. Yeah. yeah. So we found it. We found it. Yeah. Yeah, we found it. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Would, so we're not distillers. We're bootleggers. Bootleggers. There you go. And so that's how NASCAR ties into this too. Mm. So you had uh, in the during Prohibition. This is when this really started. Was you had uh, you had the people making the supply, the moonshiners. You had the the populace that was had a really good appetite for illegal. The, con the consumer. The consumer. So you had to have a middleman that would get the supply to the consumers, and that's where bootleggers. Bootleggers. Came bootleggers in. came in. They were the 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 rum runners of the moonshine era exactly, and these guys. Uh, so back the, this is also during the Great Depression. Jobs didn't pay for shit. People were looking for work, and there was a lot of money in the whiskey trade, and uh, a lot of those uh, bootleg jobs paid a lot better than a normal job. Yeah, and uh, so you had a lot of these guys that would uh, take the risk, and. And uh, start transporting this whiskey. People get a Model T, and they started off with Model Ts, and uh, then they, uh, then when the night, and then uh, what did they went to like a, it was like a thirty model like Ford Coupe. Yeah. They went to, and they realized if they if they strip out the back seat, put in a stiffer suspension, yeah, they could. can fit like two hundred gallons All of whiskey. All liquor. <laughs> and and if you run out of gas. You can, yeah, the shit'll burn. That's right. <laughs> so these guys got to modify their cars so that way they could go faster. Uh, they could uh, carry more product. Yeah. And uh, and the, the good, and they would run from the cops. And they'd run from the cops. And the, the, it's funny because these guys were the first ones. Like these were the shade tree mechanics back in the day. That uh, they would they would put different cars together. So they would start off with like a thirty two Ford. Uh, Car, like uh, a coupe, yeah, and uh, then they would put a, a suspension from a truck underneath it to carry the heavier weight. Then they would pull the motor because back in the day, they, they a lot of those cars came with like a a flathead V8, yeah, uh, that was made by Ford. But at the time, there was a V8 made by Oldsmobile that was way more powerful. Way more powerful, yeah. The rocket, and they would uh, they so they would pull the V8 from their Fords and put that Oldsmobile V8. In their cars, throw a bigger carb on. And they, uh, uh, throw a bigger carb or multiple carbs. Yeah. And so then they were modifying their car, and the whole point was they were trying to keep the car looking stock, so yep. that way it was inconspicuous to the to the police and the revenueers they called them because it was the the IRS agents that was after them. Yeah. And uh, so they wanted to blend in with the other cars on the road. Yeah. So they were modifying their stock looking cars, their stock cars. Right. And that, that's what NASCAR is, the North American Stock Car, uh, what the hell does it stand for? Oh, it's the uh, North American Stock Car Racing Association or something like that. Uh, it's an acronym. I yeah. used to know it. It's the North 
National Association for, for Stock, Stock Car, Car Auto, Auto Racing. Racing. That's yeah. yeah. But yeah. So yeah, then these guys, they would the stock cars. The yeah, what I'm getting at. These cars, granted, they're not stock. They but look. They look stock. They're supposed to. They don't anymore. No, they don't. But they did up until really like the 80s. Yeah. You know, even even the late 80s into the early 90s. Yeah, they were they, using. They had like, a stock looking body. Yeah, they were not made of the same materials, but they had the same body lines, the same. But in it, and like, because you're saying up until the 80s, yeah, because like up until that point, even into the 70s, it was just car, like actual cars that they would. Yeah, they just, just they just had minimum rules that they had to follow. You know, they yeah. had to. Would they had to have a? Uh, uh, they had to have posi track. Yeah, they had, they, they had a, a, a heavy duty axle, a roll cage, uh, seat belts. They had to have the doors. Originally, were strapped shut. Yeah, but then they changed it to yeah, actually they, fully welded. Yeah, so they they went through different uh, different rules and stuff over the years. But that's that's how I got started. Didn't they? there was there was some car racing clubs uh, in the in the twenties and thirties. And they didn't. They didn't like the bootleggers coming out there. They they saw the bootleggers as the uncivilized uh, riffraff. Yep. And uh, the the other car racing clubs were, you know, they were the upper class that, you know, they paid for their cars and stuff like that. And these these bootleggers are, are built their cars yeah. and came out, which I got a lot more respect for. Oh yeah. So there was there was lots of fights and lots of uh, animosity between the different. Uh, car clubs and stuff, and, yeah. and these guys would come out and race and take their money because so they weren't only uh, making money off of running their moonshine, but then they would go to these races and 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 gamble and stuff and win money on yeah. these races with their with their moonshine cars, which I also don't have a problem with. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, eventually they they uh, the moonshiners started winning more and getting more and more. Uh, notoriety and a little bit more acceptance into the crowd, and they decided to unify all these racing clubs into one body, and that's how the NASCAR so association. Came here's, out. I have looked up, and I found two different dates for the very first NASCAR race. One was in 1947, and the other is in 1949, and I don't know which one's the truth. I want to say I think it was 1947 was actually it was the, in Daytona. Yeah, but and I think like it wasn't fully established or like it fully wasn't unified until like a couple years later i think is what it was then that was that one was in charlotte i think so yeah hmm. um because yeah because they have a dual headquarters like their uh their main headquarters is in daytona but then they have another one i think it's in um yeah it's in charlotte north carolina it's yeah. their secondary so i think that's what it was though too like it kind of had it took a couple years to get fully established but, have you been to a NASCAR race? Uh, no, I went to a, a truck race, so it wasn't. I mean, it was pretty similar, but yeah. But yeah, we lived out in Vegas and went out to one of those one weekend uh, there at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. I've, I've been to three. Okay, uh, and I'm not like a big NASCAR fan. I mean, I can take it or leave it. It's, I don't know. I don't, I don't really yeah. have an opinion on it. Um, I do respect that. The science that goes into those cars. Oh and, yeah, it and, is. Uh, it's insane. Those drivers are in some fucking rock star shape too. Well, you have to be. You think because none of those cars, like those races, happen over the summertime. There, there's no air conditioning in those it's cars. Hot as shit. Wearing all that uh, fire gear and stuff. Yeah. And you know, it's like 140 degrees inside those cars. Yeah. Uh, but I went to the very last NASCAR race ever at Rockingham. Okay. In North Carolina, is that was that that real short track that was? It was pretty small. Yeah, yeah. it was very basic. Uh, like they, I, it's still used. Like they still use yeah. it in, like test cars and stuff. But uh, and I mean, I'm sure people still race there. There, it's yeah. just not NASCAR. But uh, it was it was like concrete bleachers. Like it was oh, like yeah. old school. Yeah, old school. Yeah, uh, gritty. Dale Jarrett won that one. I remember. That's one of the reasons why I got the the Miller Light. The uh, Rusty Wallace, Rusty Wallace, the number two car when I was a kid. Like, I haven't watched NASCAR in years, but I remember watching it when I was a kid, and he always drove the Miller Lite car. My my grandma uh made me a comforter one time, and I don't know why she picked Rusty Wallace, but she did. Oh, nice! So, she she handmade me a comforter, and she bought the fabric at the fabric store in, in Billings, and she 
decided on Rusty Wallace NASCAR. Nice. So that was the comforter I had for a while. <laughs> Never figured out why. I wasn't big into racing. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I, I, I did that one. I went to the uh, in, to Lowe's Motor Speedway in Charlotte. Okay. And saw uh, the uh, Coca-Cola 600 there. Uh, and then I went to the one in Vegas one time. Yeah. And that's the, you talk about how the, those drivers are in shape. You know, these, these races are four to 600 miles. Yeah. And they're, they're car, they're fighting that car the whole time. The car well, doesn't I mean, have you, power you, steering or anything like that. And, you think about driving 400 miles. Yeah. And it's like, it sucks. Yeah. Right. Like you got to pull over and piss and like, you got to stretch your legs and go inside and get yourself some five star beef jerky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, these guys don't get to do all that, man. Like they piss their pants. Oh yeah. They uh, they have a, they have a tube going through the floorboard. You're driving eighty, and they're driving, you know, one hundred and eighty. Yeah. Well, you think that you think the 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 banks on those on those uh, tracks, that car, you know, little little science thing going on right here, that car going that fast around that track and that bank, it's wanting to rise up and fly off of that bank. Yeah, they're fighting it hard. So they're fighting that car the whole time they're driving around. That have track. you ever like? Paid attention to how steep those corners are. I know the one at like uh, at Daytona. I don't know if it's even the steepest. I think Talladega might be the steepest, but it's oh, like I don't know. But I mean, it's like that. Yeah, it's like thirty-eight or thirty-nine degrees, yeah. something like that. Or it's like, like you, you can't, can't hardly, walk up it. Like you fall on your ass. You can't hardly even stand up on it. Yeah, and the cars just want to fly off of that. I will say the the one race that I always really like to watch is the one uh, in uh, what's it called Martinsburg, Virginia. Okay. I'm trying to think. Martin something, Virginia Martinsville, I don't know, Virginia. But the reason I like to watch it is it's like a pretty short track. Oh, okay, and yeah. And there's like 10,000 wrecks. Like two people finish that race. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking but about. But it's like, it's like a fast, It's because I, I watched uh, the one at the LA Coliseum this year, and it's such a small track that cars can't get going very fast. I mean, they're going yeah. fast, but they're not going like obscene speeds. And usually those are shorter races though too. Those are like a two hundred mile race or something yeah, like that because yeah. the, the track is so small. It's like a half mile oval, or something like the, the the smallest track is pretty dang. Well, small. I mean, you figure LA Coliseum holds a football field and they put a track in it. That's crazy. Yeah, but no, I uh, the the one in Virginia, Martinsburg or Martinsville or Martinsdale or whatever fucking Martins it's called. Uh, that track is long enough for them to get going pretty damn fast. Yeah. But it's short enough to where, like, no one's turning, like, three three wide. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because some of those tracks are so small and narrow. There's like, a ton of wrecks. That was that one track that I, was, I can't remember the name of buttload, it. Buttload, yeah. Yeah. So, and that's when I watched it as a kid. That's what I always wanted to just watch it for the wrecks and yeah. stuff. So. Well, I, to be perfectly honest, uh, besides the Virginia race, where whatever that track is called. Uh, besides that one, the only one I have ever watched start to finish on TV was the like 2014 Daytona 500. And the only reason I did it is because my aunt and uncle were in Vegas visiting and they came over to the house specifically to watch that. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've ever watched a full race from start to finish. They loved it because we got the 80 inch TV in there. This was when 80 inches were like rare. Yeah. You know, the thing cost me like $3,600. That's how old it is. But uh, <laughs> now you can, get, you, can get, you can get them for like, you know, yeah. $600 at Walmart. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was like the first 80 incher to ever hit the market. And uh, my aunt and uncle were like, sitting <laughs> in my living room. Like, yeah. it, was, it was awesome. They, uh, I mean, I've had them on TV before, and just would just like watch it as I walk by. And I've never sat down. By. My sister is a huge NASCAR fan; she'll watch, watch them stuff. But I put it on at work. Yeah, sometimes if I'm working on Sundays. Yeah, just for just just because it's there and yeah. it's like it's good ambiance. It just doesn't. It's something that doesn't take effort to watch. Yeah, like you can, I can, I can nap. Yeah, which I do at work often. I'll claim that. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I can do homework if I'm taking classes. I'm not currently enrolled, but if I am enrolled, like I'll do homework. I'll fucking. That's the that's the benefits of being in IT. Sometimes you have that downtime. You just you can, yeah, you just really, you're there, but in case shit goes down. Yeah, 
What happened? Your server crashed? I got you. Yeah. We'll yeah. go fix it and then go back to the couch. Beer me? Beer break. Hey, baby. Do we stand? <laughs> do we want to? Do we want to try this? Totally legal and regulated, taxes paid whiskey right here. White lightning moonshine. Here's the thing. This was a gift from somebody. Yeah. And I can't say for certain where they got it. So it very well could be taxes paid and. It could be, yeah. I wasn't there when it was. Yeah, it was a gift, so. <laughs> oh. And straight in the in the mason jar too, like it's how it's supposed to be. Oh, man, that has a strong scent. Oh my god, I can smell it from here. <laughs> it's like fucking paint thinner. It, oh, it's. I'm dreading it. Like it's gonna burn. It's gonna burn. All right, I'm just gonna take a sip of it. All right. Smooth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and not too bad. It <laughs> got a little bit of aftertaste. Is it burning? It burned my lips. Oh, now it's now it's burning. It's burning the chest now. It took it a, it had a little bit of delay. Are you blind yet? <laughs> Can you see? Yeah. <laughs> oh. You wanna try it? Yeah, I mean I I mean we're here. Oh, uh, I took a very small sip. And that was one thing that they would do. You hear the stories about them taking shots from thimbles back in the day. Yeah, I can so, see why. Yeah. It was so strong. Oh, you took a bigger one than I did. My belly's still burning a little bit. I can still feel it warming up from the inside down there. And it's not that bad. Not that bad. <laughs> <sighs> you be want to fight here later. <laughs> that one was a little worse. Oh, I have to find you some. Uh, put some pickles in it. It's still not as like overwhelming as I thought it would be. Oh, it's actually it's really good quality, you know, because I've I've tried. I heard some. I heard that this is sought after. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah, it's got a good reputation behind it. I do think that you could put this in your mower and it would really clean the shit out of your injectors. Yeah, it'd probably run like a run like a yeah a demon for a while too. You know, I got a mower that won't start. <laughs> I bet you will with that. I got an idea. There we go. That'll be a whole nother YouTube video. There, like we're gonna run a mower on moonshine. That was a that was a popular misconception though. I'm already slurring shit. <laughs> no, uh, you know people would say back in the day if you could light it on fire and the flame would glow blue, then it was clean. But methanol burns blue though as well, so it wouldn't detect some of the contaminants. I never even thought of that. Yeah, but so one of the things they were some of the uh, the burp is harsh. The the bootleggers that they were worried about was uh, lead getting lead poisoning from them because oh because the pipes that they were making the, that they're using with the stills yeah well some people were using radiators for, for condensers for for stills and they were using that's they had, good they had lead stuff in the radiators mm -hmm. they were just pulling a freaking radiator out of a Model T and running the the uh, vapor through it to condense it into back into liquid. And then some of the soldering stuff, it was always using lead for the solder. Yeah, I knew that. That, and, that, uh, that I didn't know. So if you're doing a science experiment, if you set lead on fire, it burns red. So I they, didn't know that. They would, uh, so they'd set the moonshine on fire. They'd put it in a spoon and light it on fire. And they said if it, if it burns blue, you're good. But if it burns red, you're dead or something like that. And because of the... It's like the... Like the, uh, the red and yellow killer fella. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the blue flame showed it was pure, but it was also could have methanol and the methanol poisoning was what would cause people to go blind and stuff and, uh, hmm. cause the cataracts and stuff like that and cause problems. But uh, you had to drink it in bigger quantities though. Okay. Good. We're yeah. safe then. Yeah. All right. 
But yeah, so and it's what it is is the process. So methanol has a <clears throat> a lower vapor point than ethanol. So when you're you're running your your moonshine mash, they called it through the still, when the very first vapors that start coming off of the still are it's called the heads. Yeah. And that's like it's chemicals like acetone and uh, paint, methanol, paint thinner, paint thinner, <laughs> uh, naphtha, a few other chemicals that they use. You use as paint thinners and paint strippers and stuff now. Yeah. Where the some of the very first compounds that come off of your cooking process, and you're supposed to throw that stuff away or save it for paint thinner or something. So I was just thinking. So I'm just curious. Do any of these alcohol companies today make paint thinner as a, as a side gig? I think they do. Well, that's that's the whole reason too. Some of these uh, back during uh, the whole COVID bullshit that went on, uh, some of these alcohol companies started making hand sanitizer because they had is the same it's a byproduct basically of the same equipment that they knew, used. They were, so they were using uh, their alcohol process to make hand sanitizer. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and ethanol. You know, you see, you go to your the gas station and you get yeah. Uh, E85. The, the E85, or if you get diesel, the B85 or B80 or whatever it is, that's ethanol, corn, or uh, sorghum, or some sort of grass. Usually corn. Is, uh, it's what they, so they're making, you're, you're running uh, moonshine in your cars nowadays. With, if you're getting the E85, you're yeah. getting, getting a, a moonshine. A lot of companies won't warranty E85 cars. Yeah, there's a. Like my, my Corolla won't. Toyota said they got a thing in there saying if you run E85, it voids the warranty. Yeah, there's a. <clears throat> I, think, I think most new cars are made to go with like E20 or something. They can go up to 20% ethanol. Mm -hmm. But if you go over that, you got to have the car, the motor has to be specially made for it or whatever to be. Because most of the fuel now you get is like 10% yeah. ethanol. Not in my truck. No, you get the ethanol free stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll pay the extra dollar. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, the so the, the, these products that come off, and so some of the lower grade uh, moonshine or, or people that didn't know what they were doing, they just put all of it in the jar, and you'd go drink it, and it might have It'd fuck you up, have methanol and acetone in your in your shit, and you're drinking that. So, so is when you're when you're making it, you're supposed to let it run for a certain amount of time and collect that stuff yeah. and throw it away. So that way, what you're getting is, and actually toward the end of it, it's called the tails. There's a whole nother set of chemicals that you want to keep out of it hmm. toward the end of the process as well. So you're wanting to keep the middle, basically, yeah. to keep it good quality. I didn't know that. Yeah. It was interesting. Yeah, I researched it one time because I was wanting to make fuel. So I was, <laughs> I was wanting to make some... Uh, some some diesel. Some, I was wanting to make some uh, <laughs> some uh, racing fuel. So, yeah, yeah. So run your Model T. Run my uh, Model T drag car, yeah. Yeah. So, I did a little research on the, on the process a little bit. So, do you know who the winningest NASCAR driver of all time is? Winningest NASCAR driver. I want to say it was one of the older guys, but it, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody knew. But uh, I want to say Dale Earnhardt. Grace Hill, praise Dale. He's like eighth. Eighth, really? Okay. Richard Petty. Richard Petty. Oh, I've always forget about Richard Petty. Yeah, Richard Petty he has two hundred career wins. He always wore seven, that big cowboy seven, hat. And seven the, cup victories. Yeah, Dale Earnhardt also has seven cup victories, but way less wins. Okay, I, I looked this up today. And it's funny because Jeff, Jeff Gordon is up is ahead of of Dale Earnhardt in career wins. Really? Yeah. You know, Jeff Gordon, he was the he's been around the for Rainbow a while. Warrior, the Rainbow Warrior. Yeah. He was a uh, yeah Richard Petty and and Dale Earnhardt both they had the big giant mustache yeah the he was uh when I was a kid Petty was getting he was pretty much toward the end of his career and now yeah. he's still he's like an owner now of a race a couple of races right yeah uh, the the thing that I thought was cool about Petty is he he always drove the the Superbirds yeah those, those, those big, that's like one of my favorite cars big of all time cars, big yeah. fucking wing yeah yeah. Yeah, the, back in the day when they actually drove like cars off the lot, and mm -hmm. they would go just soup them up and get them ready to go for a for a race. But it was like, I you know <clears throat> that was what made NASCAR so attractive to people in the beginning is because people 
could go watch these races and watch cars that they owned yeah. race and like go You could relate to it more. Yeah. On the, uh, on the Superbird, let's see if you know this little bit of trivia. There's a vent. It's a, it's a cutout. It looks like a little hood scoop above each front tire. Yeah, okay. Do you know why? I think it was for like brakes, for brake cooling or most, something. Most people think that, but that's not true. It's because when they raced them, they actually lowered the front end and the tires would rub through the metal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that they cut that out and they put that little vent over the top and it gave them that extra little bit of space above the tire. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, so there's like a little, a little wear gap there. Mm -hmm. Nice. Didn't know that. Yep. Most people don't. Most people think it's for brake cooling. Yeah. Yeah, some of those, some of those watching like some of the YouTube videos, some of those old races and stuff, those big ass all steel cars running around. Yeah, still like, hitting 200 miles an hour. Yeah. Could you imagine how much control you'd have? Like, <laughs> you're just going, fuck you, I'm flooring yeah, it, and you're just holding on for dear life yeah, at that point. I'm like, here for the ride. <laughs> when uh, when uh, I started dating Keisha, before we got married, uh, she had a 2008 Challenger SRT8 with a Pro Charger. Yeah. And uh, I think, and it had some other stuff done. I don't know what was all done to it. But they dynoed it in Vegas. Uh, I think it was like, I think the most it ever hit was like 742 horse. Dang. Yeah. I mean, it was a fucking, it was a monster. And uh, I had I drove that car here. And I, I hit zero to sixty in three point four <laughs> in that in that car. That's a big car too. And that, yeah, it's like a four thousand some yeah. odd pound car. I mean, but uh, I floored that thing in Vegas when we first. She let me drive it the one time, and uh, and uh, I looked down at the spelmer, and we were doing one eighty. Shit. And I let off like it scared me. Oh yeah, that going that fast. That's. There's so much that could go wrong so fast. <laughs> that car, that car was awesome, but like, we just didn't drive it enough to justify keeping it. Yeah. So we got rid of it, man. But that thing, and that thing was way tighter than those old, you know. Yeah. Super bees and super birds <clears throat> and that challengers the and loose steering. And all yeah, that. man. Yeah. Like, that's a rickety piece of shit. <laughs> Compared to today's cars, it just is. Yeah. Which I guess, you know, probably back then, they probably tightened a lot of that stuff up, though, too. Like, some of those mechanics on those cars, they probably... Yeah, but that's when you, like... They were still you, just winging it, though. Yeah, you were you were flying literally by the seat of your pants. Like, yeah, left side's loose. Yeah. Well, and back then, too, those helmets, even even when I remember when I was a kid, even with uh, Dale Earnhardt, you know, he'd still wear that big open-faced helmet. Uh -huh. Like, he wasn't even wearing a full helmet. He was just... His sunglasses on and the, yeah, just chilling. And you know, like the open motorcycle helmet. Yeah, there. yeah, it's crazy those guys. But it's came a long way though. Now you see the the cars now they look like spaceships pretty much with all the they There's really a don't a lot even, of technology in them. The the cool thing I really liked it kind of got it back towards the roots of NASCAR was actually this last year's Le Mans race. Uh, NASCAR entered a car in the twenty four hours of Le Mans. I didn't know that. But the car had to have headlights, and, and it had to have windshield wipers. So it weighed a lot more than a, than a but it, stock car does. But it was like a NASCAR, because it had all the same all the same shit that a NASCAR normally does, but it was like in a regular car, though, too. And it was, I mean, it was, it was a badass car. It was yeah. like a Camaro, but, um, but it actually had, it was more functional than a, a normal NASCAR is. No, that's cool. Ended up doing really well. He came in second place, I think. Did it really? GT class. Huh. Yeah. But yeah, it, uh, it sounded cool. You see a lot of those uh, those cars, you know, they have the, the videos of them driving by and they're, you know, those turboed yeah. V6s on some of those cars and, and stuff. And then you had that NASCAR, like, V8 come flying by. <laughs> yeah, just roaring by. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it it really I really like the sound of some of that. Well, that's that's the cool thing about being at a race is you can actually rent headsets. Oh really? Each, like listen each, into the each team is on a different frequency. Yeah, and so you can flip back and forth to whatever teams you want to listen to, and they'll be talking to their pit crew and their crew chief, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is, yeah, that that was one thing I was really uh, pretty interested in. Yeah. That, and see, that's the stuff they need to put. They do it every once in a while on TV. They'll put some of that chatter back and forth. But I think they did more of it 
you'd have more people getting involved in it too. Because some of that yeah. stuff, that, even like uh, I really liked it when uh, baseball does the mic'd up when they have the yeah some of the players on the field. When they can interview them while they're in the middle of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty badass. They, it is. They need a. They need to do that because they do it for like the All Star Game, I think, and like the, they they do it almost every game now with somebody. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You know what I don't like though, and I I fucking hate this is in football games where they will interview the coach on his way to like the locker room at halftime. Oh yeah. Like leave me alone. I'm trying to win a game right now. Yeah. Or like, what do you want me? I'm not going to tell you what I'm planning on doing. Yeah, we that, need to do better. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I'm not going to give away anything, I'm actually going to try to do there in halftime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that that always kind of pisses me off when they have when they do those. That's the game where they they need to do more of the mic'd up. They do it for like documentaries and stuff, but it's never live. They need to have. Some that, yeah, I think you'd have to be like a subscription service. <laughs> yeah. Some of the <laughs> some of the shit, <laughs> shit they talk. Yeah. Shit gets wild out there. Yeah. Like, verbally. Yeah. Another good one would but be. But NASCAR does too, man. Those guys. Oh yeah, they're dropping some bombs on the. On yeah, the, and that, that's. I guess they get in trouble if they swear too much. Oh yeah, because NASCAR oversees it all. They monitor it all. Yeah, and they. Well, I guess if they have fan people, friendly. Yeah. yeah, they have people out there with those headsets on listening. But, I mean, shit, that. man. If I'm driving 200 miles an hour and like some guy hits me. Yeah. Yeah, like there's like we're gonna throw down after yeah. the race. If I live through this, like you're gonna be fucked up. <laughs> yeah. And that's some of the best stuff too. You see some of the fights break out during, like after a crash. People they get out of their cars and they start, yeah, throwing punches. So do you do you have a favorite driver? Um, anymore? No, I haven't watched it in so long. Um, I used to watch uh, Mark Martin a lot when I was a kid because he's from Arkansas. I didn't know that. And uh, he's from Batesville, Arkansas. Okay. I think he's. I think he moved back there now. Um. He was always drove Ford cars, so he uh, you hear him on the radio every once in a while advertising for Ford dealerships around here. That's cool. Um, and I was, was yeah, Dell Earnhardt, Dell Earnhardt Jr. I like I liked Junior. Yeah. Uh, when I lived in North Carolina, and like we went to a couple races, I, I was always pulling for Junior. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than that, no, I really because there's some of the newer. I know a few of the names, but most of them, you know, I haven't watched it so long. I don't really know who it is. Yeah. I, uh, I always wonder why Dodge isn't in the, in NASCAR anymore. Yeah. I was going to wonder if it was just like the, cause I know they, now they have like the size restrictions on the cars and stuff like that and different stuff. I wonder if it was something yeah, with but that. They're not even this break. They're not even stock cars anymore. That's true. Like you could, like, I think, uh, Chevy runs the Camaro in it. Yeah. Toyota runs the Camry. Camry's a four-door car. Well, and uh, uh, Chevy, too, was running the Malibus for a while, too, or the um, yeah, but not Monte now. Carlos. Yeah, that's what it, that's what Dale Earnhardt yeah. killed him. And, um, yeah, Ford was running their Taurus, Ford Taurus, for a while. Yeah, and now they have the Mustang. Is it the Mustang now? And Toyota's yeah. running the Camry. Maybe, maybe. Which... Uh, which if I was in a race, I wouldn't pick a Camry. <laughs> <laughs> Put a Camry with a V8 in it. Yeah, I have a Corolla. It's my little my little side chick putt around car. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I wouldn't race that thing. No. It's slow as fuck. But uh, maybe maybe just, maybe Dodge just doesn't want to pay like the licensing or something like that for it or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. But yeah, I'd like to see a, because all I, all I drive is Dodge vehicles, so I'd, I'd like to see a charger out there or something that yeah it. that'd be nice oh, well man. you got anything else to add to our our nascar episode not really and moonshine no, i think uh i think i'm done drinking moonshine though oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah yeah it, the the history with moonshine and, and it kind of how it integrates with the rebellious nature of americans with nascar and bootleggers and racing and that's so i'm curious like racing would have got here organically yeah but you know, it wouldn't have had to take because like indycar yeah uh, you know yeah like formula we're... one yeah that has nothing to do with with this those are very obviously not stock cars yeah 
So I don't, I don't, you know, I'm curious to see how that would have progressed had Moonshining not been a, a American pastime. I think it would have been more of what you want to call the, a gentleman's sport than what it, you know, what NASCAR ended up yeah. being. Because it would have been more like the IndyCar fancy, it would have been a rich man's game versus these guys that were building their cars themselves coming yeah. out and race and stuff. It started as a blue collar thing, like most of most of America's stuff was blue collar to start. Yeah. Because this was stuff people would go, because back then, too, when this all got started, it was, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of entertainment around either. So, like, people did this. You got out on a, on a weekend to go watch the go watch the races. And let's be honest, how many of you have not gotten a race at some point? Yeah. Just stoplight to stoplight fucking around. Yeah, oh, yeah. Every one of us has. Heck, yeah. So. Huh. Well, guys, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, hit like, hit subscribe. Check us out on all our platforms. Yeah, we're uh, we're available on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Good Pods, YouTube. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there's an eclipse coming, and if you're in Arkansas, Trav here has a website called EclipseAtTheFarm.com. Yeah, so I guess it'll be our our uh, first advertisement for it on the on the podcast. Popping the cherry. Popping the cherry. There you go. So uh, yeah, guys, uh, <clears throat> it's a for us, luckily, twice in a lifetime event. But yeah. We, we had the one come through here, uh, what, four years ago? Three years ago? Yeah, 20, so 2017 was the last. That it was, it was. Yeah, so five years ago. And we just got a partial here. It yeah, was, it, it was, it was still there. incredible. Yeah. Uh, so but once in a lifetime thing, it's, Travis has uh, a whole setup. He's going to have live music. He's going to have food trucks. He's going to have yeah camping entertainment so uh if you're not planning on going to arkansas maybe rethink that yeah we're right in the path we're going to be uh where we're located uh the eclipse it will it's going to happen on april 8th 2024 so people are making plans for it now because uh it's going to be a narrow path to be able to see it and people are coming from all over the world to see it uh through our area and through texas and uh if so, you want to do a meet and greet too with with yeah, well, so we'll do a we'll do a meet and greet. We'll we we might even record an episode, a show or something. Come out there. I'm have to figure out how to get off work that day. There we go. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, go to our website eclipseonthefarm.com and or you can check out our social medias, and uh, you can reserve a campsite because uh, there's going to be all of the hotels in the area are already booked. Like the ho the motel six uh, is like eight hundred dollars a night. Is it really? For that weekend, yeah. I don't know if you guys have been to a Motel 6, but I'd rather stay at Travis's farm. Yeah, so we, we got uh, I got 40 acres out in the in the right in the middle of the path of the eclipse. and uh, Glasses on site. So we'll have uh, plenty of room for people to come out. We're going to have some live bands, live music playing, and uh, some food trucks. So come out and enjoy it. Go camping with us out there. Yeah. All right, guys, be safe. Make uh, good decisions. Have a designated driver. That's right. Um, don't drive like you're not a car racer. It won't work out well. <laughs> yeah. Have a good one, guys. See you.